Bitcoin. Good morning, Bitcoiners. This is your Power Market Update for August 3rd, 2017. Okay, so when you listen to this, you'll hear a really bad audio quality. I had a technical difficulty this morning, and I'm going to go ahead and release the show because I don't want to miss out on getting one out today because I didn't get one out yesterday. So um, sorry about that. It will be fixed for the next one. Here we go. Bitcoin. So much has happened over the last uh, few days. Uh, sorry for not getting out a Pow Bitcoin episode. I was very busy watching all of this happen, just like you guys were. I want to let the dust settle a little bit here and not jump into uh, looking at these pseudo fundamentals because everything kind of changed, right? When this hard fork happened, everything got thrown up in the air, especially the network, the statistics around the network, even the price um, got tossed around a little bit, um, not much, but a little bit. So um, my certain type of analysis was less important, I think, in those, those first couple days. Now that things have settled out, we can look at the network and see what's going on um, and take a look at a few news items. But let's look at the price. So currently, on Bitstamp, we have 27.40, which is good. If, if you go back and look at the time of the fork, it was about, I think it was about 2,700. So we are above the price at the time of the fork and we're right around it right we haven't dropped since the fork happened um, we did drop a few hours beforehand and i was i was you know that that took me by surprise uh, maybe one hour before i would have expected to drop but there was some confusion around the exact timing of this you know um was it at 00 UTC or was it at 12 UTC and uh, also after it did like quote unquote activate when was it actually going to start mining and, and actually fork up the network so there was some confusion in the timing there and so it's not uh, really it's it is understandable that the price would drop maybe four hours beforehand which is what it turned out to be doing instead of like an hour right at the time but we were exact, we're right at this you know, right at this 2750 to 2700 range that's been pretty tight all the way back from uh, July 30th and previous. I mean, go back all the way. We're, we're sitting right here near all-time highs, right within striking distance of all-time highs, and nothing has really changed. The uh, existing trends, long to medium-term trends, are still intact. We are still going up at this point. I don't think anything has changed from this hard fork except for like technical analysis. So if you're looking at things like Elliott Wave or um, Harmonics or things of that nature, uh, this $200 drop is going to really kind of hurt that analysis, I think, because fundamentally from before the fork to after the fork, we're looking at a different animal here. <laughs> My initial reaction to the fork was, oh, I feel free. I feel this burden lifted off Bitcoin's shoulders now. It has, you know, instead of all this infighting, now they have a place to go. Let's funnel them over there. Okay. Let's rename 
RBTC as RBCH and just get them off of our backs, okay? So Bitcoin fell free. Uh, everybody kind of uh, on the, the main chain here is is focused on SegWit and getting that activated and doing all this great stuff in the future, bringing more future value to Bitcoin. And so um, the future, it just felt really good when this happened. Um, some people, I heard a couple people say, oh, it was a sad day because Bitcoin forked. Well, Bitcoin has forked many times. Like this is just an altcoin. It's just another altcoin. Okay, well, we can talk about that a little bit more later. Let's um, hit some more of these prices. So the future, three-month futures, 2709 as I'm looking at this. So that's about a $30 spread. And it was around zero when I was watching over the last couple of days. So this has kind of snapped back. And that's pretty awesome to see. That actually is one of the biggest things for me um, that shows that we might be go. There is less uncertainty happening, and we could we can go go forward. So I'm still watching this when this does still get get less and less of the spread. Then I think we're going to be pushing up. Right now it's looking very bullish. The formation since the fork is looking very bullish, and the general trend, the mid to midterm to general term uh, the midterm to long-term trend is still intact uh, going north I mean think about this we, we lived through BTCE getting shut down by the feds and now we live through this hard fork we lived through Poloniex going offline for um, multiple hours I think they're back up now so we've lived through all of these things in the last few days and the price is still at 2750 I mean that's pretty miraculous, yes. And and as now that Bitcoin is proving its strength, its holding power here, after all of this that happened, um, it's going to look like a very good investment. I mean, it's more store value today than yesterday. And you can always say that. Every time Bitcoin goes through one of these things, it's a better store value today than yesterday. And new investors will see that. So that was the uh, spread. Local Bitcoins, 5.1 million, and this is interesting. I think uh, I, I mentioned them on one of my tweets over the last few days, and I said, I don't really want to sell until local, I could do it on local Bitcoins or some other way like that because, I mean, sell my, my Bitcoin. Because if I transfer my Bitcoin to the exchange, I become a bitch. I'm just joking with that. Then um, they can see where my where that originates, and you know, maybe I've done a good job over the years kind of trying to wash my coins, anonymize my coins, keep them on a hardware wallet so they're not really moving around. But the minute now that I try to send them to the uh, a KYC exchange, every, you know, everybody can find out where my real Bitcoins are. And I don't want that to happen. I mean, my anonymity is worth quite a bit here. So maybe until we get some uh, mainstream TumbleBit usage, then... I'll think about sending my BCH to the exchange, washing my coins through TumbleBit. Maybe, I don't know. It, there, there's there's a lot of implications there. Also, the taxes. So I'm wondering about how this inf uh, will influence my tax forms and what I have to claim on my taxes. Because I didn't sign up for this B BCH, and now it's going to plus up my income, right? Uh, or I guess plus up my capital gains. So I asked that question on Twitter, and, and a CPA who said, like, this is not uh, really tax advice, but he said that his idea or understanding is that 
you have a basis prior to um, BCH, so you have your Bitcoin basis, and afterwards you have a Bitcoin plus BCH basis. So if it's worth 2500 before, and then it's 2500 plus 400 so then it's 2900 and you had a capital gain there. Um, and if you sell that, you have to report that on your taxes. So not only are you reporting this, but you're also being KYC by these exchanges. I mean, this is not a good deal for many hardcore Bitcoiners out there, many long-term holders. You don't want to identify yourself. Anyway, there's there's that. Um, so when local Bitcoins, or maybe BitSquare, or I can do some peer-to-peer -peer stuff at a meetup or something, maybe I'll think about it, but um, I'm not going to be doing it uh, on an exchange anytime soon. Call me crazy for letting that free money slip through my fingers. Okay, this is the long game. Like Maestro says, this is the long game. We're in it for the long haul. Um, come 2020, what's the value of our Bitcoins going to be and versus the value of BCH? And what what are the regulations that are coming? Because I'm sure there's regulations coming. They don't want to make let Bitcoin go forward. This whole big scaling debate was dragged out by the powers that be, in my opinion. They don't want you to have this censorship-resistant money, right? And so... Um, hold on tight. Don't identify yourself, and let's let's go forward from here. Network volume. Oh man, if you guys in my show notes, I linked to a chart for this, and man, we hit on the first, we hit 1.7 billion dollars worth of Bitcoin transacted on chain. That was definitely an all-time high, and just huge. It was just gigantic. Now we're sitting at 1.4 billion dollars transacted over the last 24 hours. So that's that's really, really, really bullish. And the average transaction value, so the average value of each transaction on the blockchain was over $6,000. It was uh, $6,749 over the last 24 hours. That's, that's gigantic. And we're still, we're, I mean, we're sitting here, what, two days after this fork happened, and it's still this high? To me, that's very, very bullish. On a fundamental level, the transactions are getting bigger. More value is being transacted. That is a good thing. All right. Uh, mempool, non-existent. 3.5 megabytes. Um, you know, that can be cleared out in 30 minutes. It's not a big deal. Uh, and as soon as we might see this increase a little bit. Well, let's talk about the difference between now this 8 megabyte block from Bcash versus Bitcoin's block, they are on average smaller. And I know it's only two days, so there hasn't been, they haven't had time to like build this demand up. But remember, the more spending that happens, the less valuable your coin is. That's fact of life here. The more spending you do, look, look at Bitcoin's history. Okay, we, we spiked up into this in late 2013, beginning of 2014. We were up there at all-time highs, and everybody had this new money, and they wanted to spend it. So they got all these new people to start accepting it. Overstock, um, you know, uh, Expedia, uh, what? Uh, we started seeing Purse get in there. People were using Change Tip. There was all sorts of other things. People were spending their Bitcoins. And what happened? The price, we entered this long-term bear market. That was extended and deepened because of the spending. Spending is the same as selling your Bitcoins. 
spending your Bitcoin is the same as, uh, or spending your Bitcoin is the same as selling your Bitcoin. And if there's lots of people that want to sell, lots of people that this, this money is burning a hole in my hand and I got to get rid of it, the price is going to go down. And I want to drive that idea home because a lot of people out there, I'm talking about Free Talk Live type people, Dash type people, um, crypto show type people, they think the value comes from spending. No, the value comes from using. That is correct. But the use of Bitcoin is store value, is savings. That's the use of it. It has built-in interest. And I've been going through this idea in my head about the interest rate in Bitcoin. You know, like um, if in regular monetary theory, you know, you raise the interest rate, you increase savings, and you have a, a price decline, general price decline. Well, in Bitcoin, the um, appreciation of the currency acts like an interest rate. And if you spend it, it, you're missing out on that interest rate, you know, um, and so it, it incentivizes holding, incentivizes um, store storing value. Okay, difficulty is still estimated to go up 6.7 percent in the next seven days on the Bitcoin network. That is very good. So Bitcoin is the difficulty is going to increase at the same time as Bitcoin's uh, difficulty is decreasing. And reorgs and all those type of things, those threats increase as you decrease your hash rate. Just keep that in mind. Bitcoin. Let's talk about some traditional stuff and then we'll jump into a few stories. Gold is hanging steady at 12, um, 1264, right at resistance. We'll see over the next day. I think the, you know, t today, tomorrow, uh, this weekend, maybe into uh, next week is going to be very pivotal for the markets in general and Bitcoin or sorry and gold so uh, if they do break out a lot of people have been um, looking at this breakout I mean if, if gold just goes sideways from here for a week it's gonna break that trend line again and does it go up from there I don't know you don't miss you know when you're looking at charts and stuff and you're worried about you know, breaking resistance and things a lot of times sideways is just the same as up if you can hold sideways for a long enough time, it'll change the chart, what the chart's telling you, and it can increase, you know, it can uh, cause an increase in price just by holding steady for a while. So um, gold is in that that situation, and if they can hold steady, um, then it's going to be uh, it's going to be positive here in the next few months. DXY, man, I'll I'll post a chart today on my Twitter for you guys. DXY is sinking. And I thought it was going to bounce. It had this really nice bounce right off a trend line. And then I thought it was going to go up to 95, maybe even 96 as a little relief rally. But that never happened. It just dove again. Now we're at 92, 96 at this time. Um, really, there, there's no relief. I don't see any relief coming for the dollar. There's nothing to make this really turn around other than this support that they've been entering. They have broken multiple trend lines, multiple support levels now. There's one last level, I think, that they need to break to, or it needs to break to, to really sink, and that is 91.95 or so. If it can break that, the next support is 88. Now, I've been saying, hey, this could go to the 80s. This could go to the 70s. If you zoom out on your chart, so if you go to a daily chart, you really um, zoom out, or even a weekly chart if you want, and 
Um, you look, it's it's only been above 80 since 2014. So it it wasn't that long ago when it was in the 70s. Why why would it be so weird to go back to the 70s? I mean, if you zoom in and you're looking at just the last two years when we've been up here in the, the high 90s, um, yeah, you might say, oh, how could we ever drop down to the 70s? That's been so low. No, zoom out, guys, because way back, let's see, 2012, we're in the low 70s in 2012. And if the economy is turning around and the Fed is acting or uh, talking more dovish, then, you know, that the dollar can sink quite far here. Okay, uh, what else? SPX, the SP500. I know Tone talks about this a lot, and I, I do respect his analysis. He's still talking about going north. Um, I think that it's possible because this is a measure of inflation. To me, the stock market is a measure of inflation. The Dow just hit 22,000. There's major stocks that have turned around. I think Amazon has some problems. And, and look, this is overvalued. This is definitely overvalued. We've gone up, what, 25% since Trump's been elected. Think about that. 25%. The Dow has gone up 450% since the financial crisis. 450%. How is that sustainable? Well, I'll tell you how. Because we're not measuring it properly. The inflation rate is much higher than we know, than, than the government statistics tell us. Maybe not because they're trying to hide it, because they don't understand it. They don't understand what inflation is. They don't understand what they're doing is wrong. And causing worse problems in the economy than they're trying to fix. 450% the Dow has gone up. This is a bubble, people. It's a bubble. How long can they keep it? I don't know. I mean, think about this. If the dollar crashes another 10% and the stock market goes up 8%, has that really gone up? I. <laughs> that's why I say the stock market is our measure of inflation. It's kind of like the lowest level where this money printing gets to. Right? It comes starts from the banks, then it goes to rich folks and hedge fund managers and, and all this stuff, and it ends up in the stock market. It really doesn't go much lower than that trickle down in the economy. So the stock market is the measure of inflation. Okay, enough of that. What do, what else do I have? Let's go into some news news bites. Bitcoin. Overall, Bcash is a centralized coin. There's only tens of nodes out there. Uh, they, you might be able to find hundreds of nodes, but they're all AWS all owned by the same person, just to mask uh, the centralization. Why is there a need to have all these AWS nodes? Well, because everybody knows that decentralization is one of the things that gives Bitcoin value. Makes it censorship resistant, government resistant. And so they have to have these fake nodes out there to try to trick people, at least fill in that part of the narrative, fill in that part of the, the argument. Okay. Um, but it's a centralized coin, and there's nothing to stop it from from being shut down if, they, if the government wants it that way. Okay, uh, Peter Todd had a really great point on Twitter, um, and he said, "Like, look, if if a lack of hash rate can kill this coin, then miners were in charge all along." And I, I agree with that. Um, lack of hash rate here is not for slow blocks; won't cause failure of this coin. What's going to cause failure of this? of Bitcoin is um, a lack of upgrades, bad economics on the network, bad incentives, etc. Okay, um, they've made a deal with the devil. 
Bcash lost decentralization and future improvement value. Claims are a dime a dozen in crypto, but only Bitcoin and Bitcoin Core has delivered on those claims. So keep that in mind. We're talking about a year from now, this uh, Bcash will not have made any improvements where, you know, Bitcoin, they, they merge like five things a day. Okay? They're making improvements daily. I guarantee you in a week you look at their their GitHub for this project and there's zero commits in, in a week. Or very, maybe one. Because this the development on this is going to stall. Going to go to zero. Just like the development on um, the 2x side of Segwit2x. Just like the development on all of these other things, Bitcoin Unlimited and all this. That, that's, that's how it's going to go. There's not going to be very much development here. Okay, other stories. Uh, Coloniacs went down. I think they're back now. From what I can tell, they're back. There was no big altcoin massacre. I think altcoins are generally tr trending down now. The, the bubble is generally over. We might have quite a few rallies in the meantime, but over the next year, we're going to have this, this altcoin bubble is just going to peter out. I was actually surprised that there wasn't an altcoin massacre. Um, everyone was kind of looking at Bitcoin and this Bitcoin Cash hard fork um, while this Polonius thing was happening. And so um, I don't think a lot of, I mean, if this would have happened maybe two weeks ago, there would have been a major altcoin massacre. But since there was bigger news out there that took all the headlines, Polonius kind of skated by here. And my last story, which is pretty cool, CoinMarketCap's traffic exceeded the Financial Times traffic. And that's not even a news site. That's just a, a charting website. And their traffic exceeded one of the preeminent news outlets for financial, uh, you know, financial news in the financial press. So I think that's pretty awesome, and I link to that in the show notes. It was from Reddit. Okay, that's all I have for today, guys. Don't forget, if you want to support the show, go to patreoncom markets. I did do my first live show for uh, Bitcoin and Markets the other day, and I'm going to continue doing those. I you know, I got some kinks. I worked out some kinks, and um, it was cool. You guys can see that. I also have a YouTube channel. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. So thank you guys. See you next time.